0: Have you ever met with a prospect and you were planning to stick to your guns? You go through the first appointment, you finally come to the point where you ask for the signed broker of record letter and they say no. Then what do you do? Do you fold like a house of cards or do you stick to your guns, put a line in the sand and ask for the broker of record letter still? But the question then is, is what if they just still say no? What should you do? Should you just buckle? Should you just bow down to the quoting process and agree to go forward? Or would it be best for you to stick to your guns, push the pause button on the quoting process, and then give them something to test drive for a couple of weeks before you ask again? Hmm. Can you guess which one I'm leaning towards? Stay with us. We're going to get into it right now. What's up, Permission Nation? And remember, quoting is for the weak. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey there, Permission Nation. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. My name is Charles Specht, and this is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Great to have you with us today. And uh, like normal, we're going to get right into this thing. So let's say, for example, you set an appointment. And that's just hard to do, isn't it? I mean, after all is said and done... Setting appointments is a very, very difficult thing to do. Most insurance agents feel that if they could simply set more appointments, they would probably win a whole lot more new business. But setting appointments is just difficult to do. So they don't have enough at bats, if you will. But I want to now talk about this. Like When you set your appointments and then you're meeting with your prospect, what does the process and the plan look like? I'm telling you a couple of different things. One, if the insured meets with you, they will always let you quote, period. They're going to let you quote. If they are willing to meet with you, a stranger, to talk about insurance, something they don't want to talk about, they're likely going to let you quote. They've already made that decision. Not a problem. You can quote. We'll, let you def- we'll def- definitely let you give us quotes. So that's always there. Therefore, you don't have to push the envelope, if you will, to hurry up and get to that point. I would say, slow down, push the pause button. You don't need to go there yet. Let's be a little bit more professional. I would also tell you that if you kindly, tactfully, in a very professional way, inform the insurance buyer that you don't offer quotes, that. You are going to be remembered. They will not forget you, the insurance agent, who says that he or she doesn't offer quotes. They're going to remember you. Okay? So I'm just telling you that we likely have quoting as an option. And I would tell you that that should be option C, if you will. We got A, B, and C. Just going to the quoting process should be option C. Now we have to talk about what A and B is. And I would also venture to guess that the vast majority of insurance producers, maybe even you, who are listening to this amazing podcast, The Millionaire Insurance Producer. And by the way, if you're not already subscribed, I would invite you to go ahead and hit the subscribe button and maybe even leave a five-star review. That'd be great. But I would tell you that most insurance agents do not have any kind of a plan or strategy when it comes to what they're expecting to get out of this actual first appointment. I obviously talk a lot about the broker of record letter. And so the broker of record letter should be first and foremost, plan a broker of record letter first, quote, second, that's the mindset we need to have. The focus is on winning the business. The focus is in on getting the insured to do business with us. The focus is getting the insured to fire the incumbent agent so that we can then take control of the policies that has to be plan A. And so we then structure the entire first appointment to take us through to we're finally asking the question for Plan A: Can I become your agent? Will you hire me to become your agent? Will you sign the broker of record letter? Whatever that is, that has to be Plan A. What this podcast episode is about is Plan B. However, when Plan A doesn't work and you don't want to go to Plan C, which is just the pure quoting at this point. What then does plan B look like? Most of the time, even though, and this is actually, I think, very true, even with a fair number of my clients that are going through my curriculum, that they do a pretty good job of going through that first plan A, asking for the business, and maybe they get a little bit of a balk. Maybe they get a little bit of a, a, maybe a pause from the insured where they choose not to sign it right off the bat. Hey, fully expect that. I mean, a lot of your business owners are not gonna sign the broker of record letter on that first appointment. I am one of those. If I was a business owner and even if I wanted to sort of like maybe switch agents, I'm not gonna do it on the first meeting with you. I might like everything you have to say, I'm just not gonna sign it on the first appointment. I'm gonna wanna think about it a little bit. I might even wanna talk to one of your current clients, one or two of your current clients. I might wanna think about it a little bit more. And so then I'll meet with you again with the expectation that I'll probably sign it on that second time. So I would just tell you, we we need to go back to the actual percentages here. Around 15% of the insurance buyers you meet with are likely going to sign your broker of record letter because they don't like their current agent. They're neither happy, satisfied, or loyal. They're looking for a way out. And you just being there, being someone who's probably much better than if nothing else, you're just somebody different, they're likely going to sign the broker of record letter. Now, when you go through the process, the curriculum that I teach, and really start to uncover the pains that they have to offer, you've got your timeline of services dialed in and so forth, they're gonna see your area of expertise. And towards the end of that first appointment, they're gonna see you as the obvious choice of which agent to do business business with. And I would tell you that you're probably gonna get anywhere from another 10 to 25% of the insurance buyers who fall into that category. Okay? So with the first 15%, they don't like their current agent. And then the next, anywhere from 10 to 25%, Let's just call it, you know, around 40% of the insurance buyers would likely sign the broker of record letter if you had some kind of a process, a strategy, or simply just even asked for it on the first appointment. I truly believe that, and I feel that the statistics actually bear that, okay? Now, then the rest of that 60% are essentially people that, one, won't ever sign your broker of record letter because maybe they do have some loyalty to their current agent. Maybe they love their agent, and they're just using you in the first place. Or maybe it's that the agent hasn't done a terrible job. And so they're not willing to necessarily fire the agent right off the bat. Maybe they want to see you actually, you know, what you have to offer and go through the quoting process, whatever the issue is. There's just a lot of business owners out there who won't sign it. That's okay. Uh, There's also those out of that 60%. However, there's a fair number of them. And I would say, let's just call it another 15 to 30%. I feel that they would sign it on the second one. That's plan B. So what we would do in this instance, so if we go through the whole process, and let's say, using an example, I'm talking with this insured, we have our first appointment, we go through the entire appointment, and we go through what I would consider the, the outline on doing the first appointment, building the rapport, then I'm finding out problems in their current industry, and then I'm finding out problems in their own business, and then I'm finding out problems from their insurance program or their plan, problems with the policy or the plan. Problems then with the agency servicing staff, and then problems with the incumbent agent. Problems, 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 problems. That's what I'm trying to uncover when it comes to the appointment. Then once I'm finished uncovering all those problems, I then go through my timeline of services. In my timeline of services, if it's dialed in for my micro niche, if they see that this is something specific for them, if they even see pictures of maybe their industry, if I'm dealing with a plumbing subcontractor, then you know my timeline of services is going to say, plumbing subcontractor timeline of services is going to have a picture of a plumber on there. It's going to have plumbing language throughout it so that they're going to see that this is something that is unique and tailored to them. Therefore, in my timeline of services, I'm offering the services that they want. I'm even using a yellow highlighter to highlight things that they said were problems so that they can see that I have a solution to those particular problems. And then once we go through the timeline of services, I make a deliberate transition in the conversation. I might say something like this, Bob, are these the services you would want from me and my agency going forward if we were to become your agent? You better memorize that sentence. That's the transition. Bob, are these the services you would want from me and my agency going forward if we were to become your agent? When Bob says, yes, that's exactly what I would want, you know, if you were my agent. Great. That's when you pull out the signed broker of record letter. That's great, Bob. I'm glad to hear that. Here's a broker of record letter. What I would like for us to do now is to have you sign this broker of record letter. Because what it will do then is it will transfer your policies over to me and my agency. We will then become the agent of record on your policies. We become the one who services your policies so that when you need a certificate of insurance, you have a claim, you need to change a vehicle, something like that, we're going to be the ones who actually handle that. And we'll start putting then into place these services that we're requesting effective immediately. What this sign Broker of record letter does is that, in essence, it terminates the relationship that you have with the current agent who's not delivering. On the services, does not deliver on the promises. And so it then just removes that agent from the relationship altogether, transfers your policies to my agency. And so I would like for you, Bob, to go ahead and do this so that we can represent you to this current carrier as well as the rest of the marketplace, like I've outlined in this timeline. So I'm gonna have a conversation that's like that. And then what do we do if the insured says something like, well, I'm not quite sure I'm comfortable with that yet? Or, I don't know if I want to do that to my agent yet. Or I like what you have to offer here. It's just that I really don't know you yet. They might say something like, "Well, you know, I appreciate that and it's good, but you know what? I I want to see some numbers first. I want to see where you're going to go with this." Okay? So, if we get to that point and I'm going through plan A and I just can't get plan A finalized in the insured's mind, then I have to go to plan B. Plan B is probably one of the most difficult things for an insurance producer to do in the marketplace. And I would tell you that 99.9% of insurance agents out there do not have even a plan A, let alone a plan B. And they certainly don't know how to do this. And this plan B takes a little bit of guts, but you have to remember that you can always do plan C. You can always go through the quoting process Now, I've talked about, like, if you're going to go through the quoting process before, that there are certain things that you should do and want to do in order to position yourself better if you're going to go through the quoting process. But just for the sake of this argument, plan C, that's always available to you. You'll always be able to do that. Right now, we're talking about plan B. Okay, so plan B here after plan A, when they say, I'm not quite comfortable with that, I'm not sure I want to think about it. This is what I would do in order to transition into plan B. Stick to your guns first. Stick to your guns that you don't plan to go through the quoting process. And you're not going to give the insured any kind of a feeling yet that you're planning to just sort of like fall over and actually offer quotes. So you might then transition into plan B with something like this. You know, Bob, I really appreciate that. And I totally understand. You know, I'm an agent that you haven't really met before. And so this is all a little bit new for you. And frankly, If I was in your position, I would probably want to know a little bit more about who this person is and really what you have to offer as well. And so here's what we can do I have to be careful about where we're spending our time in a quoting process because, frankly, it would take me and my team anywhere from five to 25 hours of time to actually just do a full blown quote. And the problem with that is that we have to be very careful about who we are working with because all of these services that I'm showing you in the timeline of services. We're providing those to our current clients right now who have trusted us to work with them going forward. And so we can't dilute the power that we have with all of these services by just working with all the various businesses out there that just want quotes. We simply can't do it because then we would be hurting our current clients, the ones that are actually getting some of these most superior services that are out here in the marketplace. Because of that, what I can offer you is this we can go ahead and set up an appointment for two weeks from now. Okay, so we'll come back two weeks from now. In the meantime, I'm going to give you three of my current clients to contact so that you can do a little bit of research on, my, on me and on our agency to see if we actually follow through if we're giving these types of services and if the things in which I'm talking about, we actually follow through. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business. So don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. And by the way, tell them Charles sent you. But I also know it's like, well, you know what? You're paying a lot for insurance, and it's almost like a Bugatti. It's almost like a Ferrari, the, the amount of money that you're paying for your annual insurance policy. So I get it. You don't want to just necessarily you know, sign on the dotted line for this big car until you get a chance to test drive it. So what I want to do over the course of these two weeks is allow you to test drive our services. What I'm going to do here is we'll go ahead and get a copy of your policies, and we're going to do what's called a complimentary audit. So we're going to deep dive into your policy to figure out what's there, what's not there, maybe where there's some gaps in your current insurance coverages and so forth. And then I'm going to come back in those two weeks, and we'll put together a full-blown sort of side-by-side comparison so that you can see exactly what you have, maybe where some of your uh, insurance coverages are deficient, and what we would be able to do to fix those problems as well as what I'm going to do is show you what our 12-month safety program looks like for your auto fleet. I'm going to put together a basic outline of what the safety program would be that we would put together, and I'm going to do one month for you so that you can get a feel for it. I'll come and I'll actually put together you know, a, a, a 15-minute training for your employees so that you can see what it's going to be like, how we document it, and how we then take all of that documentation at the end of the year to be able to give it to the underwriter so that they can see that you are a safety conscious business owner and it, and they will probably likely give you more credits rather than debits which is going to lower your insurance premium. So we're going to allow you to test drive our services over the course of these two weeks. Now what's going to happen however Bob at the end of the, at, at the end of those two weeks and when we meet together I'm going to ask you you know once again if you're ready to 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 move forward with that because frankly we are very convinced that We are the go to broker for plumbing subcontractors here in the state. Our timeline of services is second to none. We represent not only your current carrier, but we represent these other 17 carriers that I have outlined on the timeline of services. So, after all is said and done, you're going to know from us going out to the marketplace by putting together the Ferrari like submission as we send it out to the marketplace, as well as our plumbing renegotiation strategies where we renegotiate with the underwriters once the quotes are received. You're going to be assured that you have the absolute lowest quote possible and the best coverage that uh, best coverages that are available in the marketplace. So after these two weeks, after you get a chance to you know, talk to our clients, test drive some of our services a little bit more, I'm actually very convinced that you're going to want to do business with us, and I hope that that will be kind of the goal that we're going to talk about in two weeks. Does that work for you? Now I think that flat out that should be Plan B. You should be doing that for plan B. Let me just say it again. You should be doing that for plan B. If you're not, amateur. Amateur. Because you need to be a professional. A professional has a plan. A professional has a strategy. A professional knows what they're going to be doing next. Even though you might not always know what to expect, you should always have a next step. Plan A, plan B, plan C. So the goal, obviously, after plan B is that I'm going to be in such a strong position that hopefully they're going to give me the signbroker of record letter at the end of that conversation. That's the goal. I'm really pushing for it. Testimonials, a free test drive, and so forth. There has to be something there that the insured can test drive, okay? Because again, they're trying to figure out are you worth it? They're trying to figure out, are you a liar? They're trying to figure out, is this just more sales speech? So the free service that you give to them gives them a chance to test drive the Bugatti, right? You're a Bugatti and your competitors are driving used Buicks. If you're a Bugatti, you need to have Bugatti-like timeline of services. You need to have a Bugatti-like renegotiation strategy. You need to have Bugatti-like testimonials. You need to have a Bugatti-like free service that they can see what it's like, that they can feel what it's like in order to do business with you. They need to take it home, if you will, park it in their garage, test drive it. That's what they want to do before they put down the big bucks on the Bugatti. So in plan B, you're giving the insured a plan on what you're going to be doing going forward so that they can see what's the value they're getting out of it. That free audit on their policy, that's valuable. Um, but I also want to give them something that they're not receiving. Okay, so an audit on a policy is good. I don't know if it's that, if it's as, uh, maybe potentially as important as potentially giving them something like a safety program, an outline of a safety program. So I might even like give them a 12-month outline on what the topics would be for Um, a driver safety program. And then maybe rather than just meeting with them face to face, I might put together a seven minute video that I put on my YouTube channel, for example, um, where then I have those employees in a safety meeting. They go through the seven minute video. They all watch it. And then they all sign their name on a piece of paper that says that they actually went through that training. This is what it was about. Um, they agree to follow those things and to be a safer driver going forward. Um, and then I compile that information and then I would compile it for the next month and the next month and the next month, because that data would be used then in my submission. And if I am showcasing that data correctly to the marketplace, to the underwriters, the underwriters are going to want to salivate over that account. They're going to want it because it is more safety conscious. They're less like the first of all, they'll want to quote it. They're also less likely to debit the account and potentially more likely to actually give a credit on it because of the safety program that's in place. I'm not saying I'm going to do an entire safety program for them during the two weeks, but I'm going to give them just maybe the topics that I would do for those 12. And then maybe I would record that seven minute video. And frankly, I only to ever have to do that seven minute video once because I can do the same video for every single account. It might just automatically already be on YouTube and I can just give them the URL to go to it. Or I guess where I'm going with this is that you don't have to recreate the wheel every single time. You just need to recreate the wheel the first time and then say, this is my wheel. And then you do it again and again and again and again. That's what we need to actually focus on if we're going to become much more of a professional rather than an amateur. So then the goal is, and hopefully the insurer is going to buy into that, say, okay, you know what? That sounds good. That sounds like an actually good plan. Give me a little bit of chance to kind of think about it review the timeline here and see if this is something i want to do I want to check out your references that's great um because by the way like i mean if you're just talking to business owners that are paying like $4,000 for insurance like this is not the plan for that type of an account if they're paying $400,000 or they're paying 100 grand or they're paying like you know 2 million yeah this is the you know a bigger account subjective bigger subjective it's different for each agent but bigger accounts is what we're going to spend our time doing this on Right? Because again, I can always go to plan C after those two weeks. If I finally go through it and the insured says, you know what? I really appreciate it. Like everything you're saying here is really good. I just don't know if I want to take it away from my current agent. I'm willing to give you carriers that you want, that you want, but I'm not quite sure that I'm just going to give you a blank broker of record letter to the marketplace. Um, I really would like for you to you know offer me some quotes, like whatever. You can make a business decision based upon what you want to do after that, but why this is also important is that it's really letting you see where you stand in the relationship at this point, and frankly, how strong of a relationship your competitor has. Because if I go through all of that, even in my first appointment, uncovering all the pains and then showing them my solutions, how they are micronized for them, and then even being able to help them to see the monetary reward that they would get from them in regards to reduced claim costs, you know, saving in premiums, better productivity, morale, and so forth, and then I go through my plan B where I'm giving them you know, testimonials and maybe even free services. And if they still say no, I mean, I've learned a lot at that point. I have learned a lot that, frankly, I'm not quite sure this might be a really good prospect. And so I might be unwilling to spend any more time on it. Not that I'm going to burn my bridge with them, but I'm probably just going to push pause and just move on to the next one. Because again, if it literally is going to take anywhere from, say, 10 to 25 hours, Of my life to work on the account, I would rather spend 10 to 25 hours of my life working on an account that I feel like I've got a really good shot on. And I don't want to spend 10 to 25 hours quoting on an account from start to finish when I could just be then prospecting, finding more business owners who aren't overly happy. And then they are willing to give me the signed broker of record letter, either on plan A or plan B. So frankly, after all is said and done, there's nothing wrong with quoting. I don't mind quoting, I hate blind quoting. You shouldn't just sort of you know, throw mud against the wall to see what sticks. That kind of quoting does not work. That's amateur. That is not necessarily in your best interest, nor is it the insured's best interest for the most part. And frankly, it's not even in the insurance underwriter's best interest. Blind quoting really doesn't serve anybody except for maybe the incumbent agent who gets a chance to block all the markets. OK, so after all said and done, plan A is first and foremost. That's what we're working on first. Plan B, which is what this podcast episode is about, is sticking to your guns and not just giving in, but having a plan of attack that is still pushing towards the broker of record letter. Frankly, when you do that, you're going to have really, really good results. Now, I hope you will take that to heart and run with it because it's very effective and it's going to get you some really, really good results. But I want to make even a little bit of a transition into the episode here. I want to talk to you about something that I'm going to be doing on March 24th of 2023. So today, as I'm doing this, is actually February 23rd, 2023. In about a month, March 24th, 2023, which is a Friday, Friday morning, I'm going to be putting on a broker of record letter boot camp, the broker of record letter boot camp. And essentially, I'm going to be teaching the entire broker of record letter process Step by step, and just kind of breaking it down and going slowly through the process. So, I want you to start kind of putting that in your mind and begin looking at the opportunity to be a part of this. It's not something that I plan to do multiple times in a year. I don't even know if I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it this one time, and it might be the only time that you get an opportunity to do this. I don't know exactly all of the ins and outs yet. It's going to be probably about three, maybe three and a half hours. It's probably gonna cost around $297 to actually be into this particular program. But frankly, after all is said and done, this will probably get you anywhere from about 30 to 120% additional commission in a year if you do it right. You will make considerably more money this year when you implement these services. I should probably charge you $29,000, but I know nobody's gonna pay for $29,000. So it'll be about $297. Now, with that said, I'm actually giving it to all the people who are in my mastermind. So if you're thinking about becoming a member of my 12x commission mastermind, now's the time to do it. Because people who are members of my mastermind are going to get this for free of charge. They're going to get to come and actually be a part of this training and it costs them zero. But if you're not a member of it, $297. Frankly, after all is said and done, you're going to have a strategic process from A to Z that's going to be able to teach you how to get the signed broker of record letter from your prospects rather than just having to go through a quoting process, throwing mud against the wall, winging it, hoping that the mud sticks and ending up losing. Why go through that quarter, that quoting process when the incumbent agent's winning 92% of the time? It is a much smarter process to put a line in the sand, have a strategy for the BOR that actually works. That's what I'm going to be teaching you on March 24th of 2023. The landing page isn't set up yet. It'll be set up in a couple of days from now. So maybe by the time this comes out next week, it should be ready. But go to BrokerOfRecordLetter.com. BrokerOfRecordLetter.com. And that's where you'll get some information about the Broker of Record Letter Bootcamp that's coming up and a chance for you to go ahead and register and get in. All right? So that's coming up. March 24th, Broker of Record Letter Bootcamp. I hope you actually will come and be a part of it. My name is Charles Specht. I'm the president and CEO of Permission Sales, where I teach and train insurance agents how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.